This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tiki, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second QN student at Aikido of Fresno. There we go. We're in it. Did we, there was a little tingle. Did the little, little did tingle. we hear that yeah, at the beginning the of the, outside literally of as Chris okay. goes, three, two, one, go. Someone outside of my apartment drops a bottle. Some, yeah. <laughs> Probably no one else heard, but okay. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Someone had sent in an idea. Is this what? Yeah. Um, yeah. so actually the other day I was kind of watching some videos, uh, like Aikido videos. Stuff, oh. Um, and people have been talking about like, what is what kind of attack she would be having, and and the answer is a committed attack. And what does a committed attack even look like? What does that mean? And so I had sent that to the group, and then uh, to our little chat that we have. And uh, Chris was like, "Hey, I think we had a, a listener actually ask us about that." So um, this was sent in to us by Rob Kitson. Thank you so much, Rob. Um, he said, "I listened to the most recent episode earlier and was wondering if you've done an episode about the importance of giving a good attack as an uke. I think there was an ukemi episode, maybe before you upped your mic game. True. Um, <laughs> and in this episode, you discussed how bullet time changes people's perceptions of how things will work in real life. But I don't remember if you discussed how important it is for the nage to defend against a good attack, as my sensei says, to learn proper technique." As before, my context here is from a teacher's perspective, since I, I help in our kids' classes whenever I can and get frustrated whenever the kids do a zombie attack, a super speed attack, or try to mess up the nages because they think it will be funny. Right. Yeah, those are all three. Those are great yeah. issues those to talk are, about. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I think it is in some ways harder with uh, children to, to get them to do committed attacks just because... Um, because they're children and they they can't hold that concept of like as adults we can kind of create a concept that like i understand this is not the way that it might function in reality but i'm doing it because we're showing a specific thing that's like a higher level function uh, mental functioning right. that you There's have to a, be able to do I- that kids maybe can't get to um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. So there's also an inherent in understanding what that is. There's an inherent problem with uh, the conscious mind trying to to conceive of time and timing. The conscious mind's bad at doing it because so hard. the conscious mind is really slow. And so your conscious mind thinking about time is is it's it's kind of an abstract concept. And so like we inherently get time and timing uh, with our unconscious mind, but then when we're trying to translate that, we have problems. And so with kids, it's like, well, I would just do this because and it's, right. they're not thinking about it consciously. It's like, well, but there will be times that you can't do that. It's like, but I can. I can do this. And right. it's like, well, you know, so it's hard to explain that. I think um, there's something the other the other day. Uh, Chris was telling me we have a little chalkboard in the dojo next to the mat. And uh, he was saying to me, he's like, you know, I use the chalkboard a lot more um, in the kids' classes than I do uh, in the regular night classes. You guys don't see me use it that much, but I use it a lot. Um, and I was like, oh, how interesting. And he was like, it's easier to kind of write stuff down for kids or draw pictures for kids to kind of get an understanding. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um, there's something that a, a music teacher of mine said um, in high school that I still think about and he would say that uh, music is the most abstract of all the arts because it exists only in time and we can notate it down but that's not music itself music only exists in time um, and we can't see it grasp can't it. get a hold of it yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that martial arts are, are much similar I mean it's better because you can see what's going on in addition to it happening in time 
But when you try and hit pause on something that's happening, it's or even just slow it down, it's so hard, like you said, kids will go, well, but you can do that there. And it's like, yeah, because we just paused. We right. literally just, right. we're, 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 we're statues right now. So of course you can. So here's them. a good, this happened to me and Chris. Uh, we were taking a class one time and uh, it was a multiple attacker class. And um, in order to like show the thing, he was having um, the, uh, everyone like move at half speed. Um, and as people were moving at half speed, so they would be throwing punches at half speed and blah, 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 different things. Um, invariably, no one could throw a punch as it would unfold in half speed and or receive a blow as if it were in half speed, right? So, like, if someone comes and pushes you and you're sort of receiving the blow at half speed, like, no one could do... It was very difficult yeah. for people to do that, right? Yeah. Because... Um, they, you know, as you're coming in with your half-speed punch, uh, I just duck under it and I pop up on the other side, right? Be because I can, because right. I'm not going in the same, right? right? And um, then you also get the opposite of that, which is people in the middle of their punch turn right. it into a totally different Well, this punch. is what I was get going with. So what invariably happens is uh, you're coming in at your half-speed punch. I'm moving under it because I can do that. Your punch follows me down. Right. And it becomes this whole other thing. So it was just this weird, like... It's kind of a clusterfuck. It really ended yeah. up being kind of a clusterfuck. Um, and so it's like if you can learn to, um, like, do those committed attacks in uh, full speed, half speed, slower than half speed, like in all of the ranges, you will be much better off um, when you're starting to... I think uh, go through these another funny of part of that is uh, so that class wasn't an Aikido class. It was, uh, no, it was, it was right. another thing, and, and Josh and I were just doing it, and, and none of the other people did Aikido. And uh, at one point, one of the chicks in the seminar was like, uh, uh, you guys are really good at this. You're very good at this. It's like, well, because this is what we but do in Aikido this, right, right, all right. the time. This is a constant part of the practice. I don't think it's natural to us as humans um, because, and I think you should talk about the like whole point of certainty thing in a, in a moment, um, but we're really not great um, because things happen uh, at a certain speed, above a certain speed, things just kind of unfold as they will. You know, like running. You can't um, – it's it, it's really hard to slow down running, like, right. to a point where, like – so, okay, you know those videos where, um, like, you know, like YouTubers or whatever, like, trying to be uh, cool and funny or do something different? And what they'll do is they'll film it backwards and then f right. flip it so it's going forwards. Um, I saw one where it was like a, a guy walking forwards and so it looked like a normal, but there's something not right about it. And it was because it was filmed him walking, walking back. Right. And they flipped it, yeah. And, and so they flipped it. Um, it's really hard for us to slow things down or flip things in our head because of that concept of like, like – things we can't there's things that we can't slow down right because it doesn't speed up right because of that point of certainty thing i don't know if that makes sense what i'm yeah, saying yeah no it makes sense like, it makes perfect sense what you're saying it's just a hard thing to talk about yeah I mean, yeah and it's hard for us to do physically because there's certain motions that can't be slowed right. down past a certain way right. or, or reversed backwards and we've done this actually with <clears throat> kids before where uh we'll have uh slow running and it's <laughs> hilarious yeah. to watch a the children try to slow run because they can't they don't they you know, they end up doing a bunch of weird movements that sort of get you close to what it might, might be, and they end up, you know, timing-wise, 
and but and, it's not slow running. And because it, and the reason it's not slow running is because when you run, there's a certain point where both your feet are off the ground. Yeah. So you're you're floating essentially. So you can do that because you have momentum on your right. side. And if you took a picture of someone actually running, they would be floating for a second. But someone slow running, you yeah. can never take a picture of them floating because they can't float. Yeah. Right. Um, I think All this, of this, <laughs> this is funny because we haven't even begin to touch on the actual subject. Yeah. But it, <laughs> and I think there are but two factors all, uh, here that are important to understand and like one is absolute physics, right? So one is the physics of, you know, if you're going as fast as you can, there is a moment you can float essentially because it's like you can use so much explosive force and power, but that can never be slowed down because gravity will always pull you down right, at the same right, rate. We can't right. slow down gravity when we slow down our action. So one is physics. Uh, and I think as we talk about it, it'll be important to understand there's a physical aspect. Then there's also a mental aspect, which is realizing that when something's going fast, you don't have as much computing time. And so because you don't have as much computing time, you can't figure out the answer to the problem right away. Whereas if we look at something real slow, you can go, oh, I'll just do this. Right. But that's because you had two seconds to think about that. If you have a quarter of a second or a tenth of a second to think about it, you can't come up with that right. same answer, right? And we see this a lot, or I feel like we see it a lot in weapons practice especially. Um, when you know the uh, it's the, the, the worst the uk yeah. is is asked to come in for a normal showman cut the uh, his partner is going to step off to the side and and give an alternative cut um, and the uk uh, de- at, decides to instead of cut straight on the same line where the other guy would uh, has vacated the line he adjusts to right. the other because right. he can right um, because we're going at a speed and because he knows what's happening but in the actual uh, physical action of that you would not be able to adjust that quick unless your mind you were some kind of awesome master swordsman but normal people you cut their they move right it's the thing you talk about like how can a boxer dodge a dodge a, a, right. a punch right. right they do it all the time yeah, this is this is something you have to really go over a lot and, and i think for a teacher thinking about this because rob said asking it from the teacher's perspective yeah. you know um and i say this in class regularly you as a teacher should watch some slow-mo film of boxing right like watch two boxers box in slow motion because the stuff that happens will look really goofy because a guy will throw a punch and another guy will duck it and the guy who's throwing the punch will still throw the punch even though the guy's not there anymore, right? right? So, and it's in, in real time, we can't see it. Like, it happens too fast for us to realize that the guy ducked way ahead of when the guy actually threw the punch. Or vice versa, it can happen the other way too, where, you know, a guy's throwing a punch and the other guy's not ducking and you're watching it going like, why aren't you right. getting out Don't of the way of that? Out of the way. Oh, and there it is. Yeah. Um, and, and the answer to that is is not the physics part of it. The answer to that is the mental part of it, which is like, there hasn't been enough time for that person to compute that either the person moved or the other person is throwing a punch. And so, like, understand that there's a maximum computing time you have. And if someone gets fast enough, they can always do stuff to you that you can't account for because they're just faster than you right. are. And so, going back, the committed attack uh, has to replicate that thing right? in a lot of cases, right? right? It has to replicate those that, that point of certainty when... You are certain that strike is going to land, and and no matter what happens, your strike is going to continue through, or your push, or whatever it is, because um, you have uh, you have hit that point of certainty, right? right. Uh, and that's the moment that hopefully your partner should be moving in, or that's the moment that we're trying to recreate in a lot of the aikido. Um, 
like movements. I don't know when to introduce this because I don't want to confuse the matter, but we, we have to address this as well. So there's also a problem with that on the other side that we can get at with another kind of practice. But so so there's two sides to that, right? One side is the, you know, strike where, so like, you know, say with Josh's showman, uh, someone's cutting a showman and you move to the side, right? Okay, so one half of that is don't track me when I move because the idea is I'm doing it in a timing that you can't adjust. That's one half of it. The other half is that the the person moving has to pick the right time right. to move, and that's what Maya was talking about with the point of certainty, and we'll bring that in. But but understand that as you, the person training, also you have to realize that they can react to sure, a certain sure. degree yeah, of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so picking the right time to move is also going to be a part. Now, we'll do that with live training. We'll talk about that in a second, but when we're talking about forms and when we're trying to achieve a technique and show what a technique looks like, you have to understand the fact that people do actually miss hitting each other in real life, and once you can accept that fact that like someone will throw a punch and someone else can duck it and the person punching can't adjust to it when you can accept that fact then you can go okay we're going to replicate that in training and so that's what you tell you know like a kid or a person having a hard time with it like have you ever seen a boxer throw a punch and miss why did he miss and if you ask the question right the person will take a second to think because it's odd it's like why did they they, why did they why didn't they hit them where they moved to (laughs) right 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 the other thing I think, and that's easy enough, I suppose, for strikes, let's say. Sure. But I think a lot of times part of the the question of a committed attack is uh, not so much like what, how do we commit to the attack, but what is the attack? Right. I think there's so much of this that could be easily answered if people understood what they were trying to do as uke, like what each... Uh, individuals uh, technique was trying to explain or or the, or the the situation that it's handling po- handling or pointing at um, and that's what so I think you have to have that clear in your head before you can even get uh, a, a committed attack you can't be committed if you don't know what the thing is right that's right and yeah so I, I think that's a lot of problems it stems from that like all right he I grab his wrist now what am I supposed to do this is true if you're coming at it from the perspective of either student or the teacher, but particularly if you're coming at it from the perspective of the teacher, which is the goal is not to achieve ski kodagaish. Now, now look, that really is the goal when we're training to achieve ski kodagaish, but you have to understand the original guy's goal was to thrust you. The secondary guy's goal, so the, the uke's goal, is to thrust you. The nage's goal is to get offline and suppress the hand. And then the nage's goal, the uke doesn't have time to make a response to that. So the nage's goal is to secure the hand. And the uke's goal is going to be to retrieve the hand now after it's been secured. And the nage's goal is to then turn that retrieval of the hand into the kodagaish technique, right? And so like, look, I just outlined how ski kodagaish basically works pre-pin, um, how ski kodagaish works. But you have to understand that each one of those was a, a thought moment in their head where they said, now I'm going to do, mm-hmm. now I'm going to do, and they acted upon that, now I'm going to do. We, we really tend to, I think, in the IQ community, make the mistake of seeing that a committed attack or like the, a good attack from an uke is they gave us the initial thing uh-huh. to work with, you know, oh, so it's a shomenuchi technique. Okay, so if it's... Uh, ki- it, yeah, yeah, it's if it's Kino Nagate, oh, okay, they throw the shomen. Okay, now it's me, the Nage's job, to do the rest of the technique. Right. Good job, right. okay, you did right. your part. Oh, that's, I'm going to drag yes. you around and do what I got to do, and now it's done. You right. know, and that's... It's not yeah. like that. It's like, um, uh, if anyone's done weapons forms, it's a little easier to see. 
I do a thing, you do a thing. It's a little more back and forth, but it's the same. It's happening in like little tiny bits because things don't work out and stuff, but it's really like a back and forth. Like I do, you do, I do, you do, I do, you do. It's done. Yeah. I a lot of times like to teach, whether I'm teaching weapons, Aikido, what doesn't matter what I'm teaching. I almost always take a form and break it down into show the successes of each side to each stage. Yeah. So it's like, look, my first goal, so if we're looking at Ski Kodagashi, my first goal was to thrust them. So I'll just have one guy punch another guy in the belly and be like, that was the goal. Then the next one's, okay, you're able to get offline. And then maybe I would say, okay, you're able to get offline, and then they pull their hand back and hit you again, right? So I'll stack it and show how you would win and then how they would win and how you would win and how they would win. And by doing this and saying like, ah, but before you could pull your hand back, they managed to grab your hand, right? And so then they grab your hand. And so you stack everything like that. And that way people can see at each stage what the thought process was in why that person did that. Because in addition, in Aikido, in addition to practicing a physical succession of, of things happening, you're also, uh, you're practicing the mental succession, yes. I think, which is what we talked about in like that acting episode. Yeah. You're putting yourself in the position where this thing happened and then I had to think, what do I do now? Right. And then this was my choice. So what I was going to, I was going to make the point of uh, Koki Musubi Awase Zonshin, Zonshin is the, the, the end of that. Um, and I think this is this is what happens a lot, you know, is um, everything's good. I throw that initial showman, and then my mind shuts off as the uke. Sure. My mind shuts off, you know, because I've done my part, which is throw that that uh, showman. If I can keep my zanshin and realize that, like, okay, I've thrown my shot. It didn't work. What's my next movement to re-engage? Right. Re-engage, 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 re-engage that's going to start to unfold these these techniques, right? So I think if you keep in mind Koki Musubi Yose Zanshin and you don't just throw the thing, okay, I'm waiting. My part's done. Yep. Right, I'm waiting to do the technique. And that you'll get that from people a lot of times. Um, if the uke can be committed enough to realize, no, this engagement's not over, I need to um, try to reconnect or try to re-engage until the moment that I can't anymore and a lot of times in the form, that will be I can't re-engage anymore because I'm on the mat with my face down and, you know, a knee in my armpit or whatever. Right. So really, like, as, a, as, a, as the teacher, as the sensei, like, your job when you're saying, okay, we're doing, you know, ski kurugaish, you're up there demonstrating your – if we're using I, – I like the acting analogy, actually. Um, if you're up there demonstrating the scene, you're going to be practicing with your partner – um, it's not just the scene isn't, uh, you know, Josh says, how dare thee? And then Chris does a monologue. Right. It's not that. It's right. Josh says, how dare thee? And Chris says, I dare. And then Josh says, well, I'll do this. And then so it's a back and forth. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Right, it's, right, right. It's, you're both, and, right. You both right. have scripts and, and you're reading them back and forth and like I a think, conversation. I think what you're onto is really good with this analogy, which is like um, if – good acting and bad acting, right? Like, really bad acting is like Josh saying, how dare thee? And me go, Not even oh, I dare, <laughs> right? Okay, Suddenly and then, you know, um, a level up from that is like, how dare thee? I dare. How dare thee attack me, friend? I, friend, attack thee. And that's literally just us reading our lines. And that's what a lot of bad partner trainings like. I show Manucci. He turns around. He grabs my wrist. I pull my wrist. He quote a guy says, I fall down. You know, and that's like, do, 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 yeah, do, yeah. Do. but when good actors act, 
they're emoting in between their lines and during their lines, and there's a, a palatable connection between there's them. There's Zanshen. You never stop acting. That's right. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, and, and that's why and... it's a really good analogy because the good actors um, are always engaged, and that feels real to us. And if we watch really good actors, we get lost in the fact that it's pretend. We, right. we get caught up. And in, in order it, to know? be a good actor, you have to be committed to the character. That's exactly right. <laughs> You have yeah. to be committed. I mean, it's a hundred. Like that is the thing. You cannot. You know, I cannot have a bit of my my own personality uh, in that. I have to be a hundred percent committed to the character for it to be believable. And and that gives your partner something to work with. You know, and, and like that's. I think you're exactly right. You. It's hard to work with someone that you know is giving you the blah 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 kind of acting you know when you're like how dare thee you know you're giving it all you've got I mean, and the other person's like a flat wall you know right, that's really right. hard to work with and so but i mean you know yeah when you got a partner like that if you've got any ability then you know it's like this is definitely true in acting or or in music or if you've gotten done any of these things someone can carry someone else's totally. ass yeah, you know yeah, they yeah, can yeah, like yeah, they yeah, can yeah, make yeah. it work you know and yeah. it's like fuck you're so good that even though i suck you you managed to get us through it and it sounds pretty totally. decent you know so so as an aikido practitioner you can do that right. too with someone Someone who's and you, you know, do not and very yeah you see that uh, a lot in in Aikido I think where um, one or the other partner is kind of leading um, and I think I've talked about this before uh, a habit that I have a lot of times and not a good one of making something work because we need to make it work for this thing right, um, right. you know we're doing a particular form and it's it's not really working out but I can adjust enough to um, because I know what I'm doing, I can adjust enough to make the thing happen as as it should. Right. That is not necessary. Like it's not what you want. It's to do. not it's what it's you training want. wheels. You know, I I might have to do it for the sake of like getting through the class in a you know reasonable way or my own sanity or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's not what I should. If want you have to be. if you have two really good practitioners, they should actually just like good acting. They should actually. Feel the timing problems when they're working together. If they're both doing what they're supposed to, they should actually have the same oh shit moments and the same, you will feel it. So when you're working with someone else who's good, it's like they'll pressure you at the right times and give you the openings at the right times and it will just naturally work out like it really does. That can't be done when you have one person who's really good and one person who's really bad and it certainly can't be done when you have two people who are really bad. Um, and that is also why, uh, and we always say this and, and we kind of harp on it in class and then also, but uh, if you're a beginner, find a guy, find the highest ranking right. student and train with them. Don't train with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Right, right. You guys like just play you know, grab ass right. for twenty minutes. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> not helpful to anyone. It's not. So, um, and that's why we say that. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, but I feel so bad, you know, ruining their training." It's like, no, man, that's that's what they're there for. Right. Um, right. You know, at a certain point. So, I think the place where we obviously depart from the acting metaphor is that. Um, you know, in an acting class or whatever you're training, doing a musical or something, your um, the the goal of of practicing that scene or whatever is to be able to perform that scene. You know, as real as it, make it look as real as you right. can, right? What we're training for on the mat, we're training in an acting sense, um, but we're training for real life. You know, real life conflicts and conversations and all that stuff. So there's like a, it's kind of. A, a little bit of a dis like it's it's a disconnect in a way because way the way that we're training is not the same as what we're training for and yeah. it's, it becomes confusing there should be incremental steps to it right so like you got to understand that like 
when you're trying to learn a system, you have to learn the tools of the system. And so that's what this stepwise thing is for, this like acting or kata or uh, kumijo or kumitachi or whatever it is you want to talk about, right? Like it, it, that's what it is. It's teaching you those tools. Then once you know those tools, you need to learn to do them in improv. So using our acting thing, uh -huh. this is what you get when you get a couple improv actors working together, right? And, and those people, if you ever watch improv actors, they'll come up with amazing, fantastic skits. No one knew what they were starting with. Yeah. But because they have the tools and they understand how to connect and they understand how to work on each other and how to listen to each other, um, then they're able to do that improv. And that's what Giawaza is in Aikido. Um, and then that should be able to translate up to, I don't know what the acting equivalent. I actually think I have a better metaphor, okay. which might be Ooh. like a parenting class or okay. like a therapy. Okay. So like in therapy, sometimes therapies, especially if it's like couples therapy or something, right? Like they sit down the couple and say, okay, you guys have this kind of conflict. It sounds like you guys argue over the refrigerator right. all the time. Okay. So let's practice how you guys can communicate with each other. Let's play out a scene where you might be mad at her for doing this thing and we'll, we'll talk it out. Right. So in a sense, it's like you are training for a real life situation by acting it out, by play acting, whatever. Right. And I think parenting classes are similar, similar where it's like, you know, let's teach you this skill. You can practice it in this safe environment together where we may kind of Mess make, it up. Mess it up. Make, um, you might shake the baby too right. much or whatever. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. But you're practicing for real life. Right. You know, and so it's like you're getting this training ground uh, to work on those skills uh, it, that is it's a relationship problem that right. that thing that might be happening right but then eventually the goal is to get to a sparring situation and then from a sparring situation to, to training you know I mean to, to real life yeah. which is like you know I'm gonna use these however this skill set however but you so you have to have those training wheels and then like kind of working around and there's still some other sides we need to hit but like um, working back around to Rob Kitson's question which was um, uh, you know, how do I get them to not do a zombie attack, not just do whatever to win because they think it's funny, or what was the last one? Be over overly compliant. Yeah, he had three really oh, good ones. They were uh, zombie attack, super speed, or super, try oh, super speed. speed, or try and mess with the person. yeah, mess with the person. Right? Okay, so look, these are three. They're really great. They're common. Um, they're, they're great. Yeah, they're they're really great. Um, okay, here's what you have to do. You have to not fight all three fronts at the same time. So you need to go, okay, look, I want you to go as fast as possible, but you can only go fast as possible with these limitations, right? right? So let them do super speed, but give them some restrictions for super speed. Then have them do zombie attack, right? And they can do zombie attack, but that means we're working on the nage's movements and stuff like that. And they can do whatever they want, but that's a sparring situation. So you gotta break those up. So, so instead of going like, don't zombie attack and don't super speed and don't screw with them. You, you can't. It's right. too much. Just right? start them with the zombie attack. Right, right. And, or, and that's yeah. what I always do. You know, I start everybody with zombie attack. And then we, we build from there, build from there, build from there until eventually they're doing a, a Giawaza practice and then eventually a Rondori practice. And no one even realizes we got there because we did it incrementally. So you, you got to break it down like that. And like, I think a good thing to do is like, um, uh, give the kids really understandable, clear goals, right? So let's say you're working Kino Nagare Ryo Katarori. So you're working an in-motion attack for a double shoulder grab. All right, first have the uke just run and shove the heck out of the other kid's shoulders, you know, within reason. Um, but like just run in and shove their shoulders and the kids are going to be okay, you know, like, I mean, don't blast them into the wall or into the concrete or something. But, you know, one kid run and push the other kid. This will be fine. Now with that, we're, we're letting them just do it and we're letting them use super speed, um, but we're kind of controlling them because the other kid knows that's gonna happen. And so what we're doing is we're developing how the kid should actually attack, all right? Then, 
do a zombie attack and have the nage practice getting on flying or whatever it is like we'll say we're just going to silt the moari right it's real simple so we're going to do an outside turn on that kino nagari ryokatadori so um so have them just turn to the outside so we got a zombie so that kid can click off they don't have to think too much they're going to zombie attack and the nage kid can do the outside turn then have an intermittent practice where the kid who is nage will sometimes turn out and sometimes not turn out this is great i love this right and the other kid their job is just to go and give the shoving attack now if the kid who's the nage starts turning a lot when he doesn't turn you'll see the nage slow down all of a sudden because he's trying to make a decision as to whether he should push or not but remember that's not the point of this goal right so so they can they can play with each other to keep each other honest in this right. situation and then through that honest practice they both will get a better idea the the nage kid will get a better idea of when the timing is and the uke kid will get a better idea of what they're actually doing which is shoving them and so like by having this kind of like uh pass don't pass go don't go kind of situation they'll they'll true each other out i think that's a good a good way to keep the the thing honest is to actually keep the thing honest you know so um we do this a lot of weapons training too where it's like you know my idea is that i'm blocking this thing in a certain way um but sometimes i won't i'll just let them come in and and get that 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 showman strike or whatever i mean not actually hit but um just so that they get used to every time every time every time every time doing the same thing then i will do my move and hopefully they are now in the zone of just doing the same thing you know every time um but i think that's really good like uh using the the back and forth so that like you can kind of get tricked sometimes right i think uh, that to keep yourself honest because that that, that's the key is like don't let yourself like a committed attack has to be a committed attack which means it has to be an honest attack um and it's easy enough to let yourself oh i want to win the game or i want to you know and if you have someone who keeps wanting to win the game you know a a easy way to to get rid of that is is have them do it with you when they uh don't do what they're supposed to do and do something else you counter that and just say look I can win that too, but we're not doing that here. Right, now, right, you right. Know? I can't count the number of times I've, with new students, done Ikkyo and they turn their back on it. And so I just turned into Kokunage and they fall down and they're they're really confused for a second. It's like, well, if you change the technique, I will change the technique, right? So right now we're working on Ikkyo, which requires you to be face forward, not turning your back. If you turn your back, I will gladly Kokunage you if you want that to happen, right. you know? I don't think we've talked about the point of certainty thing. And I know we mentioned that a couple yeah. of times in the beginning. And so I want to make sure that we hit that. Um, Chris does a really nice uh, demonstration of that that works for kids, for adults, for everyone to see really obviously how that that point of certainty happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if it's okay, I'll go ahead and explain it. Um, so it's he'll not okay. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it now! You're ruining the entire podcast. Well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. No, no, um, I know. I see what you're <laughs> um, So no, so he'll bring like a, a chair or stool, um, and he'll have Josh uh, sit down on the chair, um, and so he'll have Josh sit a couple times. Be like, okay, see how Josh sits on this stool, um, and he'll sit down like a normal person. You know, most of us just kind of like plop down, um, and at a certain point, he'll pull the chair out from under Josh, and Josh falls. Um, and so he kind of starts to explain that there's a certain point when you plop down on the bed or on the, on the chair or whatever, um, where you just let yourself plop, you know, you don't, you don't slow all the way until you feel your butt touch the seat and then relax into it. Um, you just sit 
And so it allows for a moment where when you're sitting and you're, you're just in the middle of your mid plop and someone pulls the chair out from under you, you can't stop yourself from sitting. And so you fall. Um, and so that kind of helps to explain there is a certain point that uh, the point where your butt is certain it's going to hit the chair. Um, and, and after that point, if Chris acts right in that moment, he's able to pull the chair out from under Josh. And it's like, there was no chair and Josh is confused and he's falling on the ground. Um, and I think that's a really good depiction of that because it helps to realize that like, if you're truly committed to sitting down, right. there is a point where you can get screwed. You can get tricked yes. by that. It's also really and nice because it shows all of the various things that can also go wrong. So for instance, as I'm going to sit down, I sit down and then Chris tries to pull the chair out. But I'm already sitting, already sitting. so he can't pull the chair out. Uh, I'm going to sit down and Chris tries to pull it out before I've even turned to sit. And I see that the chair is no longer there, so I just decide not to sit. Um, or uh, I see Chris standing there and I'm like, ooh, I think he might pull it out. So I slowly yes. creep myself down there and then i sit so there's no moment that he could possibly pull it out while i'm watching him do it not at all like i would sit in normally in a chair but for the sake of this i win you know right so i think it's a good demonstration of all of the potential various bad parts that could happen and and the stuff that is happening in our techniques um that we're not thinking about right and i think it's important for you to understand that doing something with certainty it is that committed attack we're talking about and we want to do things with certainty when we want power and speed so for example you know if i'm hesitant to do something i will be slow and unpowerful in in the way i do i won't do it powerfully and i will do it very slowly and so if i'm trying to really get someone and i have hesitancy then i won't achieve my goal which was to hit them or whatever if you, I am certain there's a moment where if they can operate inside of my certainty window, then they can do something to screw me up, right? And and when we're doing stuff slow uh, and things that we know what the outcome is going to be, it's easy to screw with that. But in real time, you can't screw with that. And so, like that's that's what the whole game of Aikido is. Aikido is really about timing and stuff, you know. So so understanding how those timings unfold is important. Aikido, I I believe, is uh, all about understanding that point of certainty and moving in that and that's how you uh attach to someone's mind and you can use their um their energy against them and all those things you do that because you're able to uh act or you're able to move in those moments of certainty yeah which it's it's and again it's difficult to uh replicate that slowly yes Right. Um, yes. And you and especially if you don't even know that that's a thing. Like if we're telling this to you, and this is the first you even heard or thought about this thing, that can be like, oh, oh, okay. Now there's a whole new something that I have to right. to worry about. And I think for a lot of people, it might be new. It might be a new thing uh, that they had never thought about before. So. People are are always like in real life. People are always trying to act like if we're in some kind of conflict. They're always trying to act in their best interest. So whatever they think is in their best interest in the time is what they're going to do. So the way, you know, like uh, this for me was, a, this sounds like the stupidest thing on earth, but I really thought about this for a long time and I think I have some answers that I feel good with now, but which is like when two people are in conflict, how does one person overcome another person, right? And it sounds dumb, but it's like, yeah, how? Other than brute force, right? right? Which is like, okay, you're way more powerful. Cool, I get that. 
But, you know, if you're playing a game and I know the game, how come you ever are successful right, over right, right. me? Or how come I win? Like, how come we don't just forever go at each other, right. you know, and just no one wins? Like, But most of the time someone does win, and it's because someone's able to capitalize upon something else, right? And they're able to capitalize because either they're more powerful, they're faster, they're more skilled, i.e. they understand uh, different roads that can yeah. be taken to achieve a victory, or they have some kind of surprise, secret element that you didn't know was coming. Like, that's that's how it all boils down. And, and like, understand that real time is when you're able to do all of those things except brute force, right? Speed you can do in real time, skill you can do in real time, surprise you can do in real time. But strength is the one, and so that's why it's like, as martial artists, like it's just easy to like for a kid to just be a jerk, and just do it strong right, right, or what, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to see that like, well, in the live interaction, things have different variables that play out. It's very um, uh, heady. It's very, like it's hard, that's a hard concept to explain to, to kids and even adults. Adults, very Like hard. it's really hard. hard for me to get yeah. for a long, long time. I think there are many times where it's like this thing happens because th these all these elements are, are moving together and it, in this timing and it's just like I can't hold all that in my I can't hold that stream of of consciousness that little movie strip in my head right. you know and and the truth is because most of it's not conscious in in reality yeah, most yeah, of it's yeah. done unconsciously you just do it unconsciously mm -hmm. and so like when our conscious mind then tries to process what's happening it's like oh it's foreign to me that's not how I operate so why don't you just do this. Well, you don't just do this because in time, that doesn't work that way, you know? Uh, I think a lot of the committed attack part also is um, figuring out how to uh, override your subconscious mind with your conscious mind. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't know the answer to it. Like, I, I don't, I say that, that that is what it is, that trying to figure that out. I have no idea how you figure that out, really. Um, I, I think, too, sometimes. Because I get caught with it all the time. Yeah, I think sometimes people, um, even on a like an easier level, like sometimes people like don't know how to just commit to an attack of any kind. Like that's like the, on the on the simple level. Like I don't know. So we have uh, you know women come in for self defense classes that we do for our self defense class, and um, we'll do the game where you try and touch their shoulder at a certain distance, oh, yeah. and so you're lunging out to try and touch their shoulder as fast as you can. And I'll work with someone, and uh, the person will. Uh, I'll be like, you know, go as fast as you can. Go, c come on, go, go fast. Okay. And they're moving like slowly, you know, like really. And it's like they, they, they like they, they can't almost wrap their minds around, especially if you're not used to being like physical. Like, right. what does that even mean to, to like really explode and go fast and try as hard as you can, you know? And so like on that super simple level, sometimes I think people like you have to break a certain barrier of like like committing to doing something right you know because people like oh, i don't want to look stupid i don't want to trip over right, my feet right, i right. yeah you know and so there's all that shit I so think, like maybe even having people like right. on a simpler level like do the thing where you shove the kid right you know or like shove. i remember back in the day we used to do this all the time chris would just get had this uh, uh foam uh like a pad, i took a like shanai and, and then it hurt too right. much so we put some foam um <laughs> And uh, we'd just come in and, and hit, and we would just, that would be the thing. It's like, they, he, they, he would really come in to hit you, and you had to, you know, do whatever our, our entries are that we would do in Aikido. Um, and if you did not move, you got hit, right? Um, and that is a good way to do it, too, because uh, if, if, 
teaches both sides. Uh, on the on the side of the the guy, the uke, it's like yes, this is what I would be doing if we were doing it in real time. So I think having those exercises, those real time exercises of like I'm just gonna hit you, I'm just gonna hit you. This is what it feels like to really hit someone. Because I think you're 100% right, Maya's 100% right, that like most people don't know what it feels like to actually hit someone with a yeah. thing, yeah. you know, or to swing. Uh, to shove someone, to get up fast, to right. do any of that explosive movement. So, and I think you have to. So like, yeah, how do I shove someone? What does that feel like? How do I hit someone with a stick? And I think what the, does that feel part like? Part of that for Rob Kitson too is like um, take the ukimi yourself a lot of times so you can really truly provide the right attack. And then once Nage gets squared away, you can start explaining to the uke why they're taking the ukimi that way. It's hard with kids. Like with kids, you're, you're really generally better off just um, uh, having them see how it actually plays out. So giving it to them in little chunks where they can see, you know, like if I really run at someone, there's a very small window where I can change my attack, you know. I think we tend to, especially in Aikido, like tend to like focus on like I've got to train this whole form. I've got to teach kids or adults for that matter. I've got to teach them, you know, ski kota gaish, you know, or something where it's like, you know, as we've said, it's a stack of all these, you know, Uke does three different things and Nage does four four different things. And so it's like it's a whole lot of stuff yeah. that you're getting people to do a whole series yeah. of things. And so instead of working on the whole scene as we've said work on the the delivery of the one thing you know and it's okay to break it up more like there's nothing wrong with breaking it up into simpler pieces that you can get a really good this is what a good shove feels like this is what a good you know punch or a showman or whatever you know like that's okay because when you put it back in you're gonna have the right kind of shove that you want from these kids or adults or whoever you're training with that's right all right, guys, we are at 41 minutes here, Whoa. so we're in good shape. Uh, I think hopefully that answered some questions. I mean, I, I still feel, you know, to me, I think the main takeaways are, um, A, understand what the, like, understand the attack. That's the only way it's going to be able to right. be committed. If you don't understand the attack, ask about it. Find out. If there's something that you're not 100% sure about, that's going to make you uh, there. And then, uh, for me at least... Uh, that zanshin, that idea that I'm always trying to re-engage. I'm always trying to re-engage. Um, and I think those two things will, will really help. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can build different... And if you're, but... you're lucky enough to get to be on the teaching role of that, um, create exercises where um, there's a go-no-go. You know, like where, um, you know, either I blend or I don't blend, but but allow the consequence to happen of the not blending, you know. So it's really easy to see with like a, a double shoulder push. Let them push your shoulder sometimes and make sure they're actually doing that and then learn to blend in a way that they can't adapt to that. Right. Um, and then that's kind of the goal of, of what we're working on in Aikido. Yeah. That's a great question. So I'm glad that I think it that is. came yeah, up. It's, it's uh, really and it's question. something like obviously that a lot of people are inter- are asking about or interested in or thinking about. So um, it's cool. It's I th- funny. I, I really like hearing Rob Kitson flesh it out too because it's like I have I personally have faced those three problems. You know? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. either want to do it super fast or I want to do it dead like a zombie that's not alive at all or I just want to get them. You know, yeah. I'm not even trying to do anything but get them. And so like, you know, get them will always work when when – they know what you're doing, you know, and so we have a tendency when we see the, you know, just get them, like meaning, you know, I'm going to try to do Ikkyo and, and they're like, well, I'm just not going to let you do it. Because I'm limited to doing one thing, you can always time, block my right, Ikkyo every, every single time. time. You will give me something else in your process and that's understanding the system as a whole is to understand that, that just leads to this. Whether you can do it or not, who knows, but that leads to this. Um, but but understanding that whole thing and why those things are happening is super important. It was, it was a really nice way to phrase that question. Yeah. 
Yeah, just like a conversation, I think people forget that what we're training for is a real-time interaction. Right. You know, and so just like, I feel like people say this all the time, don't sit with your answer in your head before you know what the question is or you wait your turn to say right. something because that's yeah. not conversation. conversation. Conversation is waiting to listen, you know, what does Chris say? Oh, what is my response? Okay, what is, you know, and it's a, a real-time interaction where we're speaking to each other and not just waiting to do our thing. Right. You know, because right. then it's not, it's not a conversation. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that could be funny. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just want to point out that sometimes there could be a joke in there and you should go for it. <laughs> Speaking as the guy who does. That's fair. All right. All right. Um, thank you so much to our podcast listeners, our patrons. Yes, thank you, um, guys. Yeah. Well, actually, thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah, yes. Listeners and patrons. And slash patrons. Patrons. Um, Thank you so much to John Smith, Rob Kitson. Thanks for that uh, that yeah, question. Thank you, Rob. Uh, yeah. Lenny Acuna, Yuli Simgu, Matt Mumford, Urbano, Brian Crowley, Franz Martinson, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Lise Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Christopher Aceto, Grant Templin. Um, and thank you to our new patrons. i got to pull them up for some reason. They're separate. Um, thank you to Constantinos, Andrew, Hillary Jones, and Floor Hen gonna say this wrong henwick i think um she uh she just texted us uh, or messaged us um she was the i am aikidoka and she said that she had just put her name in the wrong place oh, oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> i love it well thank you so much also get mad at me if i said your name wrong i'll fix it <laughs> uh so before we do the tip of the week i uh, want to because it's coming up uh plug a uh, final plug because oh yeah we'll be there go. we'll be there in five Next, days five days uh, Combat Con in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are teaching uh, several classes that are uh, will be lots of fun, including an Aikido class. So if you are there or you're planning on being there, whatever, uh, please stop in and say hi. Let us know that you listen to the podcast. Um, if you listen to the podcast, um, you, the next podcast will be and from the next Combat podcast Con, we so. will be recording some point uh, during. Uh, We're also Combat doing Con, so. a panel with Jared Wilson of Martial Thoughts Podcast, which you should give a listen to if you haven't already. Um, and so we might record that, and if it, and the recording's just, yeah. good, yeah, we might stick it up we as might, a bonus. That might be, yeah. Um, okay. CombatCon.com. <laughs> tip, uh, tip of the week. Um, I feel like maybe this is straightforward, but every time, whatever you're training in class for yourself, make sure that your attack is where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be, and that you're committed to it, and that's a no-duh. Yeah, um, but it's good, really good fucking advice. easy to forget that you're, you're every time, oh, I'm trying to ski at his stomach, or, you know, I'm showmanooching to the top of his head, not his shoulder, not his eyes, his head, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and if you're a teacher or if you have some control over what other people are doing, um, try if you can find to uh, create small little drills or, or uh, little mini training bits where people can work on those committed attacks and then put it back into the what the fray of what you're doing and see if that helps at all and also the intermittent thing is great i feel like yeah. it's super great to do the you know one time i i just stay here and you punch me and the next i move out of the way you know trick them and see if keep them honest see right, if they're really right. you know doing the attack they should be doing yeah i i would i think that's 100 percent. just see if you can be as honest with yourself with every single motion and if there's something that you're doing that you don't understand ask about it figure it out you know so don't just be like well i'm doing this weird thing every time and i don't know why but whatever um really ask say hey every time this ends up i'm over here 
and I know I shouldn't be in this this particular configuration. What am I doing wrong? And then you can work to figure it out and 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 grow, and that's what's going to keep you uh, committed the whole way. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you next time in Las Vegas. We'll come to you from Las Vegas. Nevada. Las Vegas. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. What?